Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Fewer than three weeks from now, we'll be filling out our March Madness brackets. In fewer than two months, it's the NFL draft. End of next month, Major League Baseball's opening day. NBA playoffs start on 420. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs on the 22nd of April. Meantime, Eddie Spaghetti's rags can't even beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. How sad. Hi and hello and welcome back, sports fan. We're back to welcome to Minus 3 presented as ever by Omaha. No football on the horizon, but still so much violence in our world of sport. Players getting hurt in college basketball court stormings. The... uh, Matt Rempe, the rag's new goon, is winning over all of America, nay, all of North America. Cam Newton's getting attacked by random rogues. Let's talk about all of it and try and make some sense of it. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass, down in his sunshine state abode there with uh, the rest of the pasta clan. And from his usual perch, high atop show business, there he is. It's our guy, Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? I missed you something awful. I know it was wild. I mean, look, obviously football is king and it's a weird hangover during this first month post Super Bowl. Uh, It was wild on Sunday. You realize you have all that time suddenly becomes available, Mm. like a big 10 hour block on Sunday where you're like, you're damn right. I'll go for a hike with you, daughter. What's your name again? It's very, I also like, I know I always use this analogy, but in Apocalypse Now, when Duvall is seated around the campfire, he's the crazy, uh, the crazy captain uh, or lieutenant. What is he? Colonel? He's a colonel, I think. Um, Either way, um, you know, uh, smells like victory guy seated around the campfire and I playing guitar, drinking beers and Martin Sheen's great voiceover throughout the picture. He says in that one, he's like, the more they try to make it feel like home, the further away it feels. Same thing with the NHL. NHL's like, hey, don't worry. We got you covered, sports fan. It's Hockey Sunday. It's like, I love watching the puck, but it ain't the same. Let's not try to pretend that you can fill that that bill there. But it's captivated by it. I'm all in. I just don't know if I can survive legitimately. I was talking with with my my pal Brett um, on Sunday night. And it occurred to me on Sunday morning that my Penguins now are basically they they just have to win a lot more than they lose from here on out. And that makes every game feel like a playoff game. And then I remembered by its nature, playoff hockey is the most excruciating. It's way worse than watching your your football team play in January. Baseball can get real tense in late innings. And, and, and I mean, obviously, all can be pretty stressful. But hockey, the quality of it is is bar none, the most stressful. And we were talking about like after the Penguins vanquished the Flyers to keep their season kind kind of sort of alive. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I mean like can I like I could do it. The the last meaningful puck that the, my Penguins have played was against Eddie Spaghetti's Rags, and that was like less than two weeks, and that almost killed me. That was seven games. Like I got if the Pens were to get on anything remotely like a heater. 
I, I don't think I would make it to the playoffs. I think they would just have to win it for me from there there on out. Like I I took you as far as I could go. I'm not gonna be able to go the rest of the way. You guys keep on climbing that mountain. Do it for Dave. And then Sidney Crosby, like you to your daughter, would be like, We'll do it for you. What's your name? Um, but yes, very stressful times in that. The good uh, news, Jack. The good news, uh yes. you don't have to worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I your, well, your penguins are not going to stress you out in the playoffs. They'll they'll either uh, lose in five or not make it. But they're but moving. There's no, there's no situation where you're going to be stressing it out. But like, but your point about how stressful playoff hockey is, it's because, and there was a great example of this last night. Um, it's because no matter where the puck is it's three and a half seconds from maybe being in your net. Like you're like you, you know, somebody makes a no look drop pass in the offensive zone. It it's going the other way. And last night, you know, the, the Red Wings were in Chicago and, uh, and so it's overtime and the Blackhawks have a three on two because Patrick Kane has completely quit on the play. And it's just kind of, floating through the neutral zone. <laughs> and then, you know, the Blackhawks get, they get in a little too tight on the goalie. They don't have an angle. They hit it into his pads and there's a weird bounce. And Kane is like going to the bench. He's like, ah, well, I'm gassed. And then as soon as he sees his teammate, I think, is it Dabrinka that has, has the puck? He's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm interested in hockey again. It was like, it was like sixth grade cherry picking in basketball where the guy's just like, I'm not going to play defense, but I'm ready to play if I'm on offense. And so Kane scores the game winner. And it's like, you're like, wow, the puck was almost in this net. And now it's in this net in the blink of an eye. And that's playoff hockey. Like you're just on a knife's edge for the entirety of the game. Um, if you're in the playoffs, like the rags and well, we'll see if by way, all the hash ain't settled yet. So keep flapping your gums guy who roots for the Boston Bruins, who I don't know if you've noticed they're, they, they ain't any great shakes lately. Well, either. let me but tell I'll you something. And you mentioned it up top. Um, and again, I assume our listeners are using the hockey fast forward button. on. I this. know I'm trying to transition us. Okay. You brought up not caring no. about the game. Uh, I, that, but, I thought that uh, was a neat transition. The reason the, NBA the Bruins. Game. The reason the Bruins keep blowing these late third period leads and the reason the Rangers lost to the Blue Jackets is all these teams who know they're making the playoffs are trying not to win the President's Trophy. Like, there's two things at work. Like, you want to win, but you also don't want to win too much. So it's like, I think everybody would be happy with, with a Vancouver Canuck President's Trophy because everyone would know no chance that team goes the distance. We wouldn't even have to talk about the curse. We'd be like, oh, you're taking that slot. Okay, enjoy your first round loss, Vancouver. Um, but uh, yeah, the, 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 the Panthers, Rangers, and Bruins are all dropping points strategically to, to avoid the curse, which both the Bruins and Panthers have been burned by the last two seasons. Well, at latest check, the Flyers are now a mere minus 115 to make the playoffs, and the Pens are creeping up plus 155. That's better than when the weekend started. Go ahead. I don't, I don't care. Poo-poo it. I am journey over destination guy. I think I've made that clear. As I advance in life, the more I just want to kick it down the road for another day or another week so that I have something to watch during the weeknights. That's, I mean, that's really, that's it. 
Penguins are going to be playing in Vancouver late night. If they had lost to the Flyers, the game would have zero significance. And then what would I do with myself? Now I know what I'm going to do for two hours, at least on Tuesday night. And we'll take it from there. Now, well, we could talk of, about speaking of journey. Um, yes. You can stop believing because okay. they're not good. And if if it comes to a playoff series, the answer to who's crying now will be Damashek. Do do three. Get a hat trick of journey songs. Go ahead. Do it. You can do Uh, it. You can always come to spaghetti with open arms after you lose a playoff series to his rags. Because that would be a one eight C minus D plus. That wasn't very good. You you fizzled out. Is open arms a journey song? It is. All right. Well, I named three journey songs. That's that that's a B minus. Okay. I'm going to allow it and move on. Now, here's what I would like to talk about. Or I want to ask you what you want to talk about. Cam Newton getting attacked. Do you want to talk about Matt Rempe, the the imminently likable new goon of the uh, of the rags? Do you want to talk about all-star games? Because that was a big conversation a week ago, and we missed out on that. I floated my perennial great idea to replace the NBA All-Star game with a one-on-one tournament. If you think those guys are apathetic, they would care when there's nowhere else to hide. When it's like, hey, Ann Edwards, um, uh, you know, uh, Trey Young just smoked you. Like, you can't point it like, well, uh, he was the other guy's uh, responsibility. You're the only guy out there. They would try real hard in this. By the way, let's jazz it up a little bit further. Everybody has to put a million dollars of their own money on it. Now they'll really care about this tournament, right? Obviously, effort would be a big improvement in the All-Star game. And the irony is, if anybody tried, the other guys would be like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Imagine if you bent your knees on defense once. It'd be like, whoa, 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 not cool. it's It's such a travesty. I mean, it's embarrassing. And it's like, well, obviously, nobody wants anyone to get hurt in an all-star game, but what are I, we're basically just watching an extension of the three-point contest only with other players on the court. It's it's such a – you remember when – I mean, obviously, like, going back, Spaghetti's too young, but, like, Julius Irving and David Thompson, like, there was a time when that all-star game was exciting television and, and competitive and people were playing defense – and then it got bad. And do you remember like where you're like, oh, I don't have to watch this because I could just watch the highlights of the guys throwing it off the window to themselves and dunking while somebody, you know, that plays no D. Now even the highlights are boring. Like even the like you're like, I can't make it through this. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. I can't make it through a two minute highlight package of nobody playing defense. Uh, I'd rather watch a G League game. Um, so that's awful, but let's, I want to, this is not really talking about Cam Newton, but I had this thought. I would say this again, though. Let me just sort of finish. I, Cause I know this is impractical as a replacement for all-star weekend. You wouldn't be able to complete this in a couple of days, but one summer, same as the world cup. And I volunteered this same idea for pro football, that it would be cool if you had the city cup and everybody from Miami gathered professional football players and played everybody from Pittsburgh and Dallas and LA and so on, just to see what city is the best at football. Let's go more statesy with this. I think that would be a super fun tournament. Wouldn't that be the best? It would be kind of like college basketball from the olden days. And the stakes would be so great because as we know, 
even the highest level professional athletes care most or at least as much about their high school deeds and how precious those were when they weren't making money and all that kind of stuff. And it was for the love of the game. Imagine if you returned to your homeland and said, like, for the state of Texas, I play. And, and we had a tournament of the 50 states. Wouldn't that be awesome? We can North Dakota doesn't have to participate. I'm sure they don't have enough people there to field a team. But you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not as as uh, as a New Hampshire high school basketball uh, graduate. I'm not sure oh, New yeah. Hampshire or Vermont has to compete or Maine. I mean, basically, but but and let's hope all of Alaska falls through the ice after what New, they did. New That's York, with that true detective season. That was that that was a nightmare. Now talk about the New the York, night country, Illinois, Texas, and California. I mean, you could have a really interesting. Final four. I know. Yeah. What, what, what do we do? We don't need to do Maine. Maine's not going to win it. Yeah. Let's let's boil it down to like a final eight. We start our, you know, it doesn't have to play through just like eight state, maybe four. What would they be? Illinois, New York, California, Texas, Florida. OK, so that's five. Pennsylvania. That's six. OK. Um, what about Indiana. Indiana. Indiana has to be in there. That's seven, and we have a wild card. This is good. See, college, college football doesn't get to have all the fun with its new expanded playoff. We can have fun, too. I don't know what's going to happen with college football in the coming years there as it looks like the Big Ten and SEC are trying to just winnow out everybody but themselves and just make it uh, – just redefine – what uh, what Division One looks like. Um, anyway, go ahead there, Hench. Talk about okay, Cam so, Newton because well, it was a was fascinating gonna, first energy. First of all, first of all, we have to ask you because Spaghetti and I have neglected uh, to check in with you. How is the Cam Newton Hall of Fame campaign going for you? Uh, and is this is this altercation going to hurt his chances? Hilarious, you know. I, I you know I, I can't you. help it if the facts Thank change. You. Like I. The the point of Cam Newton, I never said here. Here's the thing you you never heard me say. If Cam Newton retired tomorrow, he goes to the Hall of Fame. It was based on that he has to complete out another couple few seasons at somewhere close to the level statistically that he had been playing at for his career. Same goes for Russell Wilson. If they fall off a cliff, well. Obviously, the premise of my argument changes. So, no, Cam Newton's not a Hall of Famer at this point, and neither is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, though, you say football's not here anymore. Boy, you could could fool me because we have slipped in neatly to a never-ending debate about who, and it, it's transcended the banks of the three rivers. Unless I'm wrong. Correct me. Spaghetti, you're in, in Florida. Hench, you're in Southern California with me. I cannot get away from who the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback in 2024 uh, conversation. I, anywhere you go, it's all, well, Justin Fields. They better, they, 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 they got to get uh, Russell Wilson, so on and so forth. It's an insane thing. Is this what it's like to be one of the have nots, I guess? Just like this endless debate where springtime is your prime time. I guess that's what it is. Well, I've, I've watched uh, seven hours of Drake May footage to give you a sense of where <laughs> Patriots Nation is right now. But um, my thinking about former Carolina Panther number one right. overall draft picks, I had this thought, which you, you, you bring up the subject. Who would you rather have right now starting for the Steelers at quarterback? Kenny Pickett or Bryce Young? Um, hmm. It's tough, right? It's tough. 
Yes, that's a I, I like that. And then uh, somehow I feel more comfortable with the Steelers having Kenny Pickett when you ask. I that know, question. which is crazy. I mean, we are one year removed from the number one overall pick and his his value, his perceived value has already, I think, fallen sub Kenny Pickett. Um, obviously, with, with C.J. Stroud's season, that that decision one, one two is, you know, I mean, obviously, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, they got it in the right order. This is looking like Ryan Leaf, then Peyton Manning. Well, I'll, I, you know what? I'll do you one better because I have uh, I, I have expressed plenty of skepticism about the uh, the so-called um, experts when it comes to the draft process. As a reminder, the most successful ones, whether they're the people you, whose mock drafts you're reading and people we love talking to on this show, like Daniel Jeremiah or the guys that are actually in those war rooms making the drafts, the best ones hit at a 60 percent rate. Th th those are the good ones that get it right. And we have now, though, veered into a darker space, which is with Bryce Young, if he doesn't turn it around, and Trevor Lawrence, at least when they told you, well, this guy is generational talent. Like, there's no way he can miss. Drop him. They're even wrong about that now. At least from John Elway to Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, at least they were right about that. Now they don't even get like, well, this guy can't miss. And now they've missed two in a row. It would seem in Trevor Lawrence and Bryce Young, where I, I which isn't to say Trevor Lawrence is an abject bust, but when the songs that were being sung about him and how great he was going to be. How many years through is he now, Spaghetti? Three or four? No, it's three years now just for Trevor Lawrence, right? Uh, Three. No, he no, he might have been. Uh, no, isn't it? Is that four years by now? Is it four years already? Because if it is, that's, uh, you know, he, you know, he had one good year out of four, if that's accurate. Either way, Hench. So, yes. You're now steeped in it yourself with uh, with looking at this guy and that. At least you're looking at a QB. When people, I, I can't stand because that's another element of the Pittsburgh Steelers fan discourse right now is like, they got to get that center from West Virginia. No, no, no. They got to draft the center from Oregon. Like, you know the difference between those two 300-pound uh, fat kids. Who, who, would know, who, who would know the difference between the two? At least you get to watch QB. High in the sky. Who do you want, Hedge? Um, I'm really coming around on Drake May over over Jaden Daniels. Um, it's weird. I mean, you know, there's the eyeball test. I mean, and the funny the funny thing about the Bryce Young decision is you would also take Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young. Like it's like right. You know, he's he, you know Bryce Young, Will Levis. Um, but boy, how far that's a great that, that's a great question. So just one year removed from the genius, not even the draft from 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 the conversation, the evaluation of all these QBs um, as more and more QBs announced in 2024. Yeah, I'm not going to throw. So why are we even doing the combine other than for all the media guys to get together and, and, and have an excuse to get drunk with general managers and personnel people? I mean, that's let, let, let's pull back the curtain that that that's what the event at this point stands for, um, which is fine, by the way, people should socialize and that's nice. And if you, and if you get information, but, but let's not pretend it's about evaluating these kids at this point when the CJ Stroud scandal, which I think it does kind of count as a scandal at this point with the, the, the test and all that kind of stuff. But this is a great point you make. Bryce Young wouldn't just go behind a QB, obviously CJ Stroud, he might go behind three QBs. I think, so. and and the thing about the Trevor Lawrence, like nobody was saying 
don't take this 6'6", 240-pound Adonis, like NFL-ready. We've all watched in his career. You know, with Bryce Young, you had to say, despite his diminutive stature, he's so good at football that he's better than the guy with the NFL body being, or, you know, the the guy, CJ Stroud has an NFL body. Anthony Richardson has a crazy NFL body. And it's like, no, 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 this guy's better. And then you go, oh, okay. And then, and then you watch it and it's not good. Um, So when, when I watch get all the film and it's funny because every quarterback, you can't watch their highlight packages. Every quarterback looks the same with a highlight package. Wow. They never miss. 20 for 20 on deep throws. Um, what you have to watch is actual game film. And I got to say, Drake may, it, it, it's weird. I think the Mahomes level of athleticism obviously is exactly right. Where you're not, you're not designing a bunch of RPOs around him and getting him hit by linebackers, but man, if everyone's covered, third and eight, there he goes, another first down. And Drake May seems to have that athleticism as opposed to, you know, the Jalen Daniels can rush for 150 yards athleticism. The other thing about Jaden Daniels, um, he's listed at 210, and I don't see it. I don't see those, I don't see those 210 pounds. I mean, he it, it, you know, the willowy. He, he, you know, they keep the, the, the paper says that he's filled out, but your eyeballs don't say that he's filled out. So, um, I go, I go Drake may, uh, there, um, it's interesting how much, what we think about a quarterback in the pipeline now and where he should go is based on evidence that we've previously seen, which is to say Bryce Young would never have been considered as a first overall pick if Drew Brees hadn't happened. And Drew Brees begets Russell Wilson, who begets um, Tyler Murray, and it makes it okay to draft guys that aren't six foot four with a first overall pick. And now we see that maybe there is a limitation to doing that. And I do think with Jaden Daniels, he's electric and and, and dynamite in, in just about every way, except that, you know, talk about watching him, he runs into car wrecks all the time. I mean, he's just like... He gets spilled and those guys that do that in the NFL get hurt. Like they, they, they get wrecked. So I don't know how he's going to Anthony Richardson. I mean, you know, he, Anthony Richardson was already setting fantasy football on fire. And then, and then, uh, you know, another, another car wreck. Um, so yeah, I like, I like a pocket passer who can, who can pick up the first down when necessary on his feet. But uh, I, I don't, I don't want to hold my breath every time. <laughs> My my QB uh, takes off. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting, though, with Bryce Young and comparing him to Carolina's old quarterback, because I, I, I what's coming through my laptop this morning is a lot of quarterbacks like RG3, who I think is really good, um, saying stuff like, don't you see? civilians you should not mess with with NFL quarterbacks. They're usually messing with 300 pound guys chasing them it's like. I'm not encouraging anyone. I think it's, I, I, and then we could talk about the court storming. My, my overarching point is you're not equals. You're not all entitled to the court. And I do feel a lot of that reaction too today. Like, 
hey, Storm in the Court is fun. It's like, all right, but but enough kids have now ruined it for all of us. I hate it when a very few people ruin something in society for all of us. But in this case, I mean, how many more examples do we need to see of one of the people actually playing in the game get knocked on the floor by some rando? It's enough. I mean, you got to just stop it. I, well, I, I, I am, I am stormed the field multiple times, at least off the top of my head, three times at Indiana University for wins that did not put them in line for a national championship. And nevertheless, I found myself down there running around on the field. And it was a dynamite time from what I can remember because I had some drinks in me and all that. But I mean, it's gone too far. We can't do it. And I'm not encouraging anybody to go and challenge NFL quarterbacks. But I do think there's a little bit of weird shine coming off this. Like you see what Cam can do. Don't mess with NFL players. I fear that it's going to make people challenge them more. I think they're going to say like, okay, Cam was a bad idea, but Bryce Young, I could take that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I really think that's how people's brains work. I do. I think people are crazy. Everybody wants to be famous. Nobody. Why did those guys go and do that other than to get some shine? That's why they did it to Cam Newton. Uh, The logic stands that somebody else will do. It's a great list. Uh, Order of Carolina Panther quarterbacks uh, that you you starting with the guy you'd least like to fight. Cam Newton, number one. Definitely. I think I would, I'd scrap with Delome. Uh, oh, I, I listen. I'll, I don't. I think you break even with Delome. Spaghetti outright defeats Delome. I think. Sure. I mean, he's a coward as he's proven with his Putin promises that have added up to zero, but still spaghetti. If you had to, could you beat Jake DeLome in a fight? Of course. I, I wonder, what is, I, I gotta make, let me Google Jake DeLome's stats. I want to see how big he is though. Cause what he, do you mean he, his stat? Oh, I he, thought he may be, Oh, he threw for 4,000 one season. No, I couldn't take him. He may he's be that, like, he's not that big. no, he's not. He, I bet yeah, he's six, two, he's, two, ten. He, he's six, two, very, very close. He's six, two, two, fifteen. So a little harder than than I would like. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd okay, rather. Okay, well, have that's a, a good Drew question. Would you rather fight Bryce Young in his prime, mm-hmm. or or a retired Jake Delhomme? Let me see Delhomme's age. Or an, a, a Joe Biden oh. aged Cam Newton. Delhomme's almost fifty. So yeah, yeah Delhomme. No problem. Delhomme. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna fight Steve Berline. He's more my age. <laughs> Give me Cliff Stout all day. I'll take him out. Now, Steve Berline led the NFL in passing one year. Like Steve Berline has one insane year. Spaghetti, even as a, for a Golden Domer, he's too old for you to. One of the great statistics, as I do want to talk about, and then we can get get back to the court storming if you have thoughts on that. But I do want to get to a great question that's here's my solution to the court storming. Which I, yeah, okay, go ahead. I have no interest in. It makes no sense. Oh, it's super fun. Don't be a Scrooge. It's Look, fun, but it's now dangerous. The students are running to the court like they've just tapped a keg at center court. So in order to solve the problem, at the buzzer, tap four kegs outside the arena at each corner of the arena, free beer, Watch the direction the student body runs in at the buzzer. Mm. Hey, free beer in the parking lot. No <laughs> beer on the court. That'll do, it. That'll do it. I like Jay Billis's idea. Jay Billis is also a, a delight, except that in this case, he said, like, 
just surround the court once the kids all get down there, surround it with cops and say, you're all good. You're all going into detention and load them into paddy wagons. What are we doing? I mean, that's too severe too. Just make a rule like you're not allowed on the court. And if you go on the court, then we're going to take you to the pokey. We don't have to arrest everybody yeah. down on the court in one fell swoop for having no. a good time. We've, we've lost our minds with some of this stuff on both right. sides so of it. The January Sixers were just allowed to walk out of the... <laughs> walk out of the Capitol, the but court. the sophomores celebrating a basketball victory. Let's get them fingerprinted. As I, wore, as I painted my order. chest. I painted. <laughs> yeah, I have my chest painted in demon Deacon colors and I'm wearing a diaper. Can I, can I put on a shirt? Uh, Johnny Law, like, nope, you're going to the jail. Like, <laughs> Lesson learned. You go. But I mean, it's also insane to be running down on the court, but okay. What I was going to say, it makes me think of record books and all that. You'll find this weird crack in sports history when college football started to throw the ball more than it had for generations that leave guys like Steve Berline as Notre Dame's all-time passing leader. And you're like, Steve Berline's the all uh, at legendary Notre Dame? Like Montana doesn't have it? Heisman doesn't? No, no. Steve Berline's your all-time leading passer. Why? Because he threw the ball twice or three times as much as those guys ever did. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. But as far as that goes, I got an interesting um, tweet that I wanted to run by you guys. Eric Parpart, um, minus three listener, says, is there anything in sports you're positive you'll never see again, as in a 10-inning pitched shutout in the world series like jack morris did in what was that that was the year the buckos lost to francisco cabrera 92 um or was that 91 that was 91, 91. either way it's 91 91. Right, right. 91 right jays is 92 okay hedge you go first you have any thoughts on this i think this is a well i do of fun. course and and it's uh it's funny because immediately I go to Kevin Cash taking Blake Snell out at 63 pitches. I don't remember what this, where Blake Snell was at dominating in the World Series. That's enough for you. You're too dominant. Nobody can touch the ball, but we we don't want you to have to go through the order a third time. Like Jack Morris is like, I'll go through the order nine times. I'm not, you know, until they score, I'm not coming out of this game. That's uh, the natural so- place to start, right? Pitching, starting pitching and the and, and number of innings and all that kind of stuff will but never be replicated. Because look at every athletic endeavor, right? It's like, you know, people go like, Hey man, you know, Bob Feller threw harder than all these guys. We timed him with a motorcycle going by. It's like, yeah, <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay. Or all this Chapman throws harder than Bob Feller. Uh, everything gets faster, bigger, stronger, better, except for this one thing, which is the Fabergé egg that pitchers have become. They they need to be coddled so delicately. Like, you know, obviously, just you you look at Nolan Ryan's baseball card, it's insane. You know, like wow. Yeah, right. You don't have to pull up Cy Young's 500 wins yeah. or anything. This it, happened in our lifetime, it, right? It, it, so it's like it's it's all about it, you know, take you know, coddling these pitchers. So, of course, you know, our astute listener is right. We'll never see a 10 inning shutout. I, I mean, no chance. Nine, of that, inning, right. nine innings, eight innings, seven. And then, but the other thing it made me think of that we we will never see, um, even though you know people make these little runs at it, but uh same sport, DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak. It's just hmm. don't get if you're hitting 400 over the course of 56 games, you're not gonna get pitched to anymore. It's just not, you know, it, it I mean, obviously Barry Bonds, the, the ultimate example of it, it's like you know, Barry Bonds could never have a long hitting streak because he was going to walk four times in a game. And so I just think 56 games, like it's it, that number, you're it's going to be rarer and rarer to see a 40, to see a 30, to see a 25, because between the pitching around guys and 
only seeing like I'm sure DiMaggio had four at bats against the same right. guy in over half of those games. And, and now it's like, you're going to see a lefty you're going to see, you know, it's, it's, it, there's just almost no way to, to, to. Imagine. Yeah. I hear you within the flow of the game, but I don't think the, the bonds treatment is an interesting point, but obviously if you're a slap hitter, so it would require like Ted Williams could, could put it out of the yard on you, but the, the you know Wade Boggs and um, Tony Gwynn and those cats weren't a threat in that way, so I don't think you would pitch around them. And I wonder if you would get so specialized in matchups to try and just uh, troll him and end his hitting streak. I always think back that when who had the th oh Paul Molitor had that hitting streak. It is it really was how long ago was that now? Twenty five years ago when he got to like thirty six or something he like was that. Thirty nine, but again, what do I do? You got a long way to go at 30. But P. Rose, I mean, do you remember that? They would break in to network broadcasts. I don't mean like to other sporting events. It would be like Laverne and Shirley was on, like, we interrupt this program because Pete Rose is at the plate. Like, to see the hit streak, he's not any close. Like, like it'd be one thing if it was at 50, you know, three, 54, he's getting there. We should see this America. But no, it was like he's in the low 40s. Break out of the regular broadcast to, to check that one out. That was super weird in hindsight. Um, the question I always have about pitchers who threw, you know, who won 500 games and threw, I don't know how many uh, innings or whatever, were they hurt and they didn't know it? Were they having rotator cuff things? And did they blow out their elbows and be like, ah, I'm going to pitch anyway? Is that how they kept doing it? Because like the rate of injuries is astronomical compared to, you know, 50 years ago, you didn't hear like, oh, yeah, that guy was really good. He was having a great career. But at age 27, rotator cuff. No, I mean, it'd be great to see an MRI of, you know, old Haas Radburn's rotator cuff. I don't know. Like what? Like, yeah, these guys are like, hey, man, I know you threw 180 pitches, but uh, we're going to need you to pitch the second game of the doubleheader, too. Like, I like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, were there were they sore? With sore were hitters of yesteryear, Babe Ruth aside, just completely awful at baseball, as it turned out. Like, you know, like they I mean, really think about what they were going. It was the most popular sport, but there were no guys of color in it. They were all American guys. By the way, that let's do that at a later date. I know I've gone after your Celtics. We have to get into the diminishment of the Blue Blanque Rouge. We don't have to take down the Celtics, but we have to do something to like, the, the the Habs have no business stacking up with the Yankees and whoever else about, I mean, like most of their Stanley Cups aren't fraudulent, but I mean, what are we talking about? Like it was only Canadian guys skating around and they were all from your city. Like well, how much are we supposed to honor those Stanley Cups uh, from them? We'll get into that at a later date, but related when, I think the Canadians are handling the diminishment of the Canadians <laughs> themselves. I think they're they're taking care true. of that. Yeah, that's true. Touche. Um, so I was giving it some thought. And will we see, I'm going to throw them back at you. Do you guys think we'll ever see a 200-point NHL season again? No. No. Oh, I think we will. I think no we way. will. Scoring is on the rise. Everything favors uh, the 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 point. What you need is what Kucherov has proven down there in Tampa now. 
is, you know, if you're a member of a power play on a good team, then you can that those point totals can get gaudy real fast when you're all when you're exactly. not just when you're not just on the top line on a high skill team, but then also you get the double down of playing on the power play. Kucherov's point total is is owed to being on PP one with with all those cats around him, and so he has this. It's funny that the NHL or the odds makers, I should say, seem to be tuned into that because he's third in in heart trophy mvp odds they're to, to, even though he's number one i i appreciate that they're locked in like that what well, mm. I, so I agree he, with spaghetti that he won't come close if, no if, he won't come close this year i'm just saying but 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 i'm pointing to but the, to your what point, can happen when you're on the power the board. evidence that it won't happen is you you have a generational talent playing in a high scoring era and McDavid hasn't gotten to the doorstep. So if McDavid's not going to do it, then, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Bedard, I don't think there's a, a, a better McDavid on the horizon. So it's sort of been tested and proven already. It's like, if, if McDavid can't threaten the, the 200 mark, then I don't think anybody, uh, totally. it, it, in the next generation is going to either. Okay. Uh, 100, I'll, I'll, 153 I'll points. He played all 82 games, which also is rare because we were talking about athletes getting bigger and stronger and faster and all that. But he played all 82, 153 points, almost 100 assists. He had 89 assists, 64 goals. That's like, that's going to be the high watermark, I think, for this generation. I don't think anyone's going to top that. Only he could really top that. It's, it's interesting that Brady, because to me, you talk about, I, I, I bring up, the Canadian Stanley Cups, which in hindsight, sort I mean that's 25 years. So I I I can uh put a dent in those Stanley Cups, but you know, like, like we talk about the COVID year, you know, in, in in hindsight, like come on, let's just all accept. Let's give them half. Like let's let's just it only counts for half. And if LeBron, that title, it's only you've only won. What's he won? Three and a half now, four and a half. You haven't won a full five because that one doesn't count as much as the other ones do. But we, but you know, we we never thought anybody would ever catch Brady. And it's already kind of hurt that it feels like, oh, Mahomes might may well do that. But I still think, ironically or otherwise, that that is the most impressive record. I, I like what is I don't, I'm not saying it's unbreakable, but I think it is the most remarkable personal number out there. I know people love to cite the Gretzky one about like his assists are more than anybody else's total points. I think that is the, for an individual, that's the the most impressive number in what, this seven? millennium. Seven. It's a guy won seven Super Bowls in the free agency age in the or, quarterback league. What or the making hell? 10, making 10, making 10. Is there anything is impre- I mean, like the Yankee, I got to say, the Yankees winning four and five and almost winning five out of six were it not for the snakes and not one. That's a pretty remarkable thing, too. Um, I think there's one that's as impressive. And this is coming from a Rangers fan as the Islanders and kind of the modern era winning four in a row. I think to me is insane because you have, it's it could be done in theory. Obviously, all these really could be done. But the playoff hockey, like I was talking about in the beginning of this exact podcast is it's super hard is the most stressful it's the most painful every single person is going through injuries and again this was now almost like it was like 40 years ago players now bigger stronger faster as you pointed out but you know nba you you have you know if you get a super team 
I, I think it could be done. I think if you know if you had like a LeBron type in his prime gets too like if KD didn't leave the the Warriors, who knows what they could have done. I think sure. the NBA so, team I mean, could Lakers get four in a row. Three in a sure, row. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if Draymond doesn't get suspended, they win four. Exactly. In a row. So I think it's easily done in the NBA. I think with the MLB with the buys, it could be done. Um, and I think in the NFL, same thing. If you're in the number one seed, you have a buy that it could be done in theory. I think with the NHL, there's well, no buys. Well, it's crazy. Fifty-eight years through, no one has ever gone has ever three-peated in the NFL. That's pretty amazing given the dynastic runs that we've seen that no one's ever gotten over that hump i went you know i i you know there's going to be a ton of action on the chiefs between now and september i wonder if they can break that little pox there yeah. um that was uh, my what pick. about I, I, my pick was the aisles for i think four straight winning four series four years in a row and that it'll not be done again in the age of free agency and trades and just, you know, the player injuries because of the tough season. I just think it's something we'll never ever see again. You make me Does sick because if the Penguins like, would have won that 93 series against the Islanders, they would have had three straight. That's for sure. Go ahead, Ange. Well, just that you, you know, a hot goalie just can beat anybody. So the fact that you went four years without, you know, running into a, a guy who stood on his head for a series. Um, that's pretty nuts, but it, it's funny, right? The, what does it go? Canadians four, Islanders four, Oilers five out of seven. That was just a crazy. They went four out of five. Yeah. You know, and then the pens, of, then the pens mm-hmm. pick it up and really, I mean, you know, shame the devil. They really should have won three straight cups. It plagues me to this day that they didn't. Um, and then the devils are kind of approach, not dynasty, I guess, but you know, they reel off those, those cups in the, in the dead puck era. Um, but and before yeah, anyone think, tweets at me and saying like, I know the Canadians won five in a row, but that was a different era. And again, I'm talking sure. about, this is close. This is the last thing to do what were the Islanders, which is something that nobody really talks about in sports. I think, unfortunately, if they were the Rangers that did it or a different you know organization, it probably would have been talked about more, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it, it's a, it's a crazy one. Well, because they're a loathsome bunch, those New York Islanders. Here are a couple more for you to, to to ponder. So will we see any quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes? Do you th- I guess that's the question. Do you think Mahomes or anyone else will ever get the seven Lombardis? I find that very hard to imagine. No. Uh, he won't even reach seven Super Bowls. It's kind of a hot I take, mean, you know, okay. it, it, I do think that, I mean, it's it's really uh, begrudgingly, it's, it's so insane that the Chiefs let the best wide receiver in football go. He had two incredible seasons in his new, it wasn't like they timed it. He's in his decline phase. He's been spectacular and they won two Super Bowls. Like I can't, I just can't think of another example of losing a guy who's really unique and really special in the way he he takes the roof off the defense and then replacing him with garbage and going, yeah, but as long as I, I have my tight end and, and Spagnola dials up some defense, like it's amazing. That said, I think, and they had to, you know, maybe make this choice, but like Kelsey is such a unique player and, and, and I think his decline phase will, will ham string Mahomes in, in a way that losing Tyreek obviously didn't. Um, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, but I, if they can bridge the gap to a, a late first round pick who ends up being a difference maker problem, kind of sort of solved for them. Um, and, you know, the way things are going, 
you know, they're in that luxurious position are the Chiefs where they don't need to kill another uh, seven rounds through the draft because they've drafted so well. You know, how they could really vex the other 31 teams is like Brock Bowers is falling a little bit. They could trade up and get somebody like that and everybody be like, oh, geez. It's the sort of thing that the Patriots would do. Like, how did they get Randy Moss now? Like, what? That's not fair. Like, that, it, it would have that kind of... Uh, energy to it um but yeah like kelsey has stayed relevant long enough that now they're gonna get another shot at it in free agency and or the draft the chiefs and if they land on the right guy i mean that's and rasheed rice maybe but anyway so yeah i i I agree mahomes is not gonna get the seven um and so that stands for me defensive player wins an nfl mvp Hmm. or a guy breaks kobe's 82 points or gets to a hundred. Can anybody ever get to a hundred? Hench, I start with you and back. Kind of feel like you could. Yeah, I I feel like you know you look at these Luca you know seventy point outings and it's like there there is with the three pointer there there is this weird thing where I mean obviously there's it, scoring is way up in the NBA uh, like you know going back to the the Denver Nugget days uh, of Doug Moe. Right. It's this so, is the window to do it, right? It, it, and then, and then, there also seems to be this weird thing where it's not frowned on to just go like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to score as much as possible." Like, you know, I'm gonna try and score every time down, and unless you send three guys at me, so I feel like Kobe's eighty-one is is gonna go. Um, you know, we'll see how Embiid comes back uh, if he comes back from this 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 season. Um, but you know, Embiid's the kind of guy where it's like I'm going to try to score every time, and and it's pretty hard to guard. Luca has the ball already, um, so I feel like we're going to see a game where a guy finishes the third quarter with 68, and then it's like, oh, it's doable. Yeah, I think what's I like. These ones and everything has to be celebrated to a preposterous degree a lot, but then other things, then we see them happen and we're kind of underwhelmed and the world moves on. And we thought that was impossible, but then it happens like for the majority of our combined lives, Hench, we were told like, well, no one could ever do what Oscar Robertson did. Like, I mean, he got triple doubles all the time. It's like, can't the triple doubles are impossible. You can't triple that. Now everybody does them. And like Jokic, not at the same rate, but he's do, putting up numbers that people said but no one could ever repeat what Oscar Robertson did. And the Joker does do that a lot. So like when people say no one could ever score 100 points again. And and yet the Brady legacy is weirdly kind of dented immediately by Patrick Mahomes. Like he's still even playing. And we're talking, as I've said about Lemieux playing in the age of Gretzky, it's like it's a little bit bad to be in that. Like Willie Mays benefits from Babe Ruth being separated by a couple few decades when they overlap like that, it gets murkier. It's like when bird and magic and, and then Jordan made the league. It was hard to kind of reconcile how they all um, sort of stacked up. But so Brady gets to seven and I think that, and now all these guys are getting to 70 and I think it dents in some way. Kobe's 82. What was it? 83. 81. Jesus Christ. I can't even uh, give you the accurate, accurate number. But let's keep in mind, he's a two. 
He's by, he's doing that from, from mid-range. I mean, he's getting to the rim a little bit, but not at that age. I mean, this is mostly mid-range and perimeter shooting that gets him to that number. I, I That's what's crazy. Like, could Luca do that half his points coming from, you know, from 18 and out? I think Embiid, I think the guy to do it is Wembyana because he has that ability to, you know, in some possessions, catch and shoot from, from 24. But the bulk of the game, just feed me. Just feed me down on the block. And it would have to be a meaningless game too, right? It would be like, we're going into this one. Like David Robinson needs yeah. 70 to win the scoring title. Well, then we're setting about getting him 70. You would be uh, like, let's get so Wemby 100. On, hold on. It, it would have to be a meaningless game. So any Spurs game? Ah. You know, so basically a Spurs game. Um, I think I, I, you know, Weminyama is a freak, but I think it, it, Luca is the guy who has the ball after every made basket by the other team. Like, man, he, he gets the to the ball. rim when he wants and, to, too. And Whenever so he wants he, to go to the rim, he gets there. He has the crazy combination. He's not going to have to make a bunch of mid rangers. If you back off, he's going to shoot a three. If he's feeling it, then, and then if you come out at him, he just gets by guys. Gets to the line a lot. Um, but here, I'm going to transition because you mentioned Wembenyama. So I'm going to do my good goat. Good, Go ahead. Go ahead. Good goat. My good goat is skinny guys. Mm. Because there was a time where you were like, you looked at Manute Bull, you know, and you're like, all right, I guess he can have some role in the NBA. But obviously, he's not, he's not going to be a huge factor. And there was just, I mean, I remember a guy named Brad Sellers who played for the Bulls. Sure. Really skinny. like Ohio like, State kid. Yeah. You just needed a certain, you know, you're playing against Charles Oakley. Like there was a physicality where you had to have a certain amount of meat on your bones, you know, and it was always like, will he fill out? Will he fill out? And I really feel like Durant, who never filled out, and it was like, well, that freshman coming out of the University of Texas I don't think he can take the wear and tear of the NBA and Durant maybe was the driver of how the game changed. It's like, doesn't hmm. actually take a ton of wear and tear. He's not getting elbowed by Danny Fortson. He's not getting, you know, like Ben Wallace is not throwing him to the ground. So the game has changed so much that Dirk gets Yama, that credit, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is more KD. Yeah. I mean, you look at Wembenyama and Chet Holmgren who quietly like, Chet Holmgren is doing what Wembenyama is doing on a team that wins, on a team that might be the number one seed in the West. Like the Thunder are, are so fun. And, and when you look at Chet Holmgren, like he's driving, he's dribbling, he's driving to the basket. You're like, this guy's going to get hurt. Like if anything, like he just looks dangerously fragile. And yet these guys go up and down the court. And and now it's perfectly accepted. And I actually was laughing watching Wembenyama. I've watched quite a bit of Wembenyama this year. And I do think he's, you know, the single candidate who could have a quintuple, quintuple double because he could get 10 blocks and 10 turnovers in a game. Um, but I almost was thinking, is he less likely to get hurt because He's so light that, you know, you see these non-contact injuries. You feel bad. 
No, no, but like you see these non-contact injuries where it was like, oh, that guy planted, but he planted a, a leg with a quadricep and like a hip, you know, like how much strain is there on your ACL if you weigh 108 pounds? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Seven, six, is, 108. The point is Weminyama and, and Holmgren are doing it. And now Charles Oakley would have no place in today's NBA. What would Charles, who would Charles Oakley guard? How would Charles Oakley get out to the three-point line? What, you know, which kind of, even though I, I, I hated those, those heat piston Knicks years of 80, 82, 77 final scores. I do think we need a little bit of a correction in terms of how non-physical the game has gotten, you know, how, talent oriented the game has gotten it's like yeah you know we're, we're watching you know dame shoot from the logo and 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 Steph, and it's like it's it's pretty appealing to the eye but it's like it's sort of like european hockey versus north american hockey it's like hey right, some, i agree is is somebody gonna check these guys like is somebody gonna box these guys out like shack there's no shack no one is learning how to play in the low post like shack but like if there were a shack What's Chet Holmgren or Victor Wembanyama? Well, that's that's the point. Like that. You say Charles Oakley, and I think about Charles Barkley. And what what would he thrive in today's game at six five as a as a four? It would be very weird. But he's also kind of he was out there knocking down threes long before Dirk Nowitzki made the scene. So maybe he deserves more credit for stretching the floor at that spot. Well, but also, and it could, uh, you know, Sir round Charles, mount rebound could also shoot it a little bit later in his career. And, and Sir Charles was very active. You know, Sir Charles w w was involved. And I'm glad you mentioned him because that brings me to my bad goat. Well, but uh, by the way, your point is one that we made exactly a year ago at this time. What the NBA needs, and I don't know how if we got to grow one in a lab or something, but we need Shaq 2.0 because that's, need to Shaq. your point, that's the only way it'll ever change. It's like, why? Well, we're not going to try to teach you to, to knock it down from the perimeter, big fella. Just go down there and dominate. And people have forgotten. I bet Eddie Spaghetti is too young to really remember that for all, because Kobe and the, and the mythology around him deserved and all of that. But Shaq is why they, they, they just, dominated that there was nothing I, you could do for there was sure nothing man. you could do they, he didn't do any and by the way somebody said this the other day and i and i loved it you know we've talked about whiplash and if you want to be the greatest of all time you got a kobe and michael jordan Ed, and just work 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 out work everybody shaq was like i like to enjoy life i'm good enough already I'm, I, I win enough titles and i'm a millionaire and my life is fun and I say we should hail that and celebrate that. Not everybody has to be super driven and motivated. It's okay to, to enjoy your life a little bit. I'm sorry, Spaghetti. What were you saying there? It was a nice, like, I don't need to learn to shoot from 15. Oh, no, I, I was, dominate you anyway from two feet and in. I was just going to say, I for sure remember Shaq being the reason why. And I even, I was going to bring up before with that. I don't think we'll ever see anyone go above the Kobe mark just because Kobe was a selfish player. And it's like almost crazy to say in 2024 to, to poo poo Kobe because people revere him in a weird way. But the guy took like 48 shots in that game. And the reason why he had that point total was because it was free throw. So I, I think Shaq was for sure the better player, the more reliable player, the more dominant player. So I'm, I'm totally pro Shaq. Um, the the I'm pro Shaq too, and I think it would balance the game a little bit if there were guys who who couldn't be guarded in the post. Now, my bad goat is the heir apparent to Barkley, 
Zion Williamson. Go Okay, I'm going to just throw this out. Hands on buzzers. How many rebounds per game do you think Zion Williamson is averaging? Go. Low five. Nine and a half. Okay. Spaghetti's very close. Five and a half. Sheck, you're right in that. How the hell is this guy not getting nine and a half rebounds a game? There, when you talk, when you think about rebounding, right? And you mentioned Oscar Robertson that year that Russell Westbrook said, um, I'm going to average a triple-double. The points and the assists are kind of easy if you just have all the usage on your team. You just have the ball all the time. The rebounds, like where you go, Russell Westbrook said, I am going to try to get rebounds. I'm going to make a concerted effort to average double digits in rebounds. That's just effort. It's not like he uh, went to the, the, the Pete Newell big man camp and learned how to box out. He just psychotically went after every rebound, which, by the way, is something Charles Barkley did, too, for his entire career. He tried to get every rebound. Zion Williamson is built like Charles Barkley. There's no way he can't box guys out. He is averaging 3.8 defensive rebounds a game. Hmm. Exactly the same as Steph Curry. Why? (laughs) How is that possible? I will tell you. He's not interested in rebounding. It's Hmm. not exciting to him. It's not interesting to him. So he's a terrible rebounder. And when... When you think about like someone who with that base, like Zion has that Barkley base, it's like you're you're a built in box out machine. All all you have to do is try at all. You know what's averaging more defensive rebounds per game than Zion Williamson? Gordon Hayward. I mean, this guy is an atrocious rebounder. And I don't think any enough has been made about how having a low post presence who can't rebound hurts your team. I mean, the the Pels are sitting there, um, you know, what are they, fifth in the West right now? Uh, but, but I just think that Zion Williamson has a weird kryptonite, which is like he is never in double digits in rebounding. It's bizarre, um, you know, that that little guys get more rebounds than he does. And it it just has to be desire. There's nothing else. Um, so, well, so he, to the, to the most severe, uh, degree, that's what Dennis Rodman did. And Ben Wallace did that too. Like, I'm not going to do anything, but do this. And, you know, uh, I'm going to try to get all the rebounds. So you're like somewhere in is, between would, would right. suit, uh, new Orleans needs there. But then you go, well, isn't everybody trying to get all the rebounds? Apparently not. How would that, how would a guy with that body who can jump quicker and higher than everybody else not be a good rebounder if he gave a about rebounding how would he i'm bad at rebounding well i don't understand it's desire it's effort and ben wallace and dennis robin are great examples and russell westbrook when you go i'm going to make an effort to get rebounds you get rebounds if you're a good athlete yeah so, uh, i mean pretty much one of those inarguable things that the coach says to you in middle school that uh, that it ends up being absolutely true if you want to get a lot of rebounds you can how, how do i know that because Dave Damashek once one in a freshman basketball game, once 11 points, 12 rebounds. How about that, Hench? I love 12 it. 12 points in a freshman basketball game. Pretty good. Oh, uh, um, more than your fellow lefty, Zion's lefty, right? 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Maybe uh, if the Pels are in need. I will say, once again, I am excited now for those NBA playoffs in the West. So many interesting teams that are different than the usual customers. Everybody could win and everybody decade. could lose except for Yeah, tonight. it's really fun. It's very it, it, Right. There's an unpredictability that has not existed um, until, I guess, about a year ago on the, in, in the West over there in the NBA. All right. My goats, I'll go quick. I got to say again, I'm sorry. Number 87, Kid Crosby, the ga- greatest player of the millennium. Hey, McJesus, you may take that one over at some point, but as it stands now, Crosby is the greatest. He is the face of the game, and he is trying to drag that sorry Pens team into the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to get him across the line, but special performances every night. And I know it's like, eh, but complete hockey player. Connor McJesus is more fun to watch at this point because of the, the, you know, superhuman wheels and all that. But Crosby dominates in every phase of the game. Eddie Spaghetti, he's the greatest guy in the corner in the history of the sport. He never leaves the corner without the puck on his stick. He's remarkable. And he's not even a, a natural goal scorer, and he's tracking near 50 once again at age 36. It's remarkable stuff. Now, I hate to say this, but my bad goat this week is this kid, Matt Rempe, the new oh, goon. My good goat. Truba 2.0, except that he's not like Truba. Because this guy, I can't stand it. Shame the devil. Not only is he on the rags, but he's delightful. Have you seen him, Hench? Six foot seven, 21-year-old kid dropping the gloves at every turn. And I mean... I don't know what it is about the quality of this guy that engages every, but he's, what is he? Four for four in gems too, in fights when he drops the glove, Eddie Spaghetti, he's hysterical too. But, he, but, but I mean, these, these like Bob Probert um, level bouts that, 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 and, and they're gems, all of them. And it's, he's only been in the league for one week. I hail him. Wow. Okay. He's my he, so, he's my good goat, and I just just to add to that, um, three yeah three fights like in five Shek's games. Good goat too. I mean, I know Shaq called him a bad goat and then praised him. I don't well so, because he's on the rag, so I don't like him. I mean, I hope he becomes true, but aka good uh, on the ice in terms of actually playing the game. Which actually, I will give him credit on the fourth line. He has been okay. Actually, has a goal, has an assist. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, about him to slow down these fights, and people are saying like you know CTE and stuff like that, and I'm like. Have we missed the part of the the broadcast where the other guy on the team skates over to him with the pregame warmers and tells him he has to fight? Do you think that a rookie player who's been in the league, he's been on the show for for like I said five games, he's in there for a week. You think he's going to skate up to Matt Martin or Olivier or uh, uh, who was the other guy in the, the the Flyers, the Deloria and the Flyers, like these heavyweights? You think he's going up to them, going like, yeah, let's drop the gloves, like? He's being challenged. He's accepting it. That's why the team loves him. That's why Lavia loves him and even praise him when when Kempi himself was uh, Rumpy himself was making fun of his goal. He was like, "Yeah, dirty goal in front of the net, whatever." And Lavia was like, "Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do." So he's contributing, uh, and that's why he's an easy good go. And the locker room is going to love a guy like that. And I still love that we have this physical portion um in the game today which is slowly fading away and i believe yeah, the but are- you shouldn't in hindsight though i think you regret guaranteeing that the rags were going to win the stanley cup this year i mean Hench I, I never didn't did do that. that never did that well i mean i don't it's not, you know i don't know we can dig up the tapes or otherwise but um yeah no, that, that, that's, that's doctored audio never did that never will guarantee won't won't touch the president's cup never guarantee that and you know what i say the nba playoffs in the west fun everything else my other bad goat the clippers 
for 15 years, I've suggested that you change your name to the Hollywood Knights. You're never going to beat the Lakers in Los Angeles. Give up. Become the Hollywood anythings. No, they've unveiled on Monday their new look. They are lame as all get out. They're sticking with the Clippers. You've done it to yourself. I can't. It's like the line in um, River Runs Through It. Why are the people who need the most help the ones who refuse it the most? I've tried Clippers. That's all I can do. Eddie Spaghetti. And now a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, this is perfect. This, this leads this leads right into my um, my bad goat, um, your Clippers uniform discussion. And this is the first time I think ever in the history of minus three that we'd have back to back weeks of the same bad goat. And we had the week off in between. I get that. But last show we did together, I said fanatics. And at first it was like kind of funny, you know, the different sleeve size and, and you know the, the numbers are kind of smushed together. And we saw those rainbow uniforms. And uh, I've been going on Twitter less and less, obviously on vacation. Every time I open up, it's something to do with fanatics. And now the players in baseball are now in the spring training games. They're doing team workouts. They're, they're playing uh, against other teams. And not only is it the see-through pants where the jerseys are tucked in, but now we're seeing guys like bending over and their cups are like pointing out of there. And there's a guy in the giants where if you want to look this up, wasn't wearing a cup, we saw everything. And it's just like, you've had two weeks now of constant negativity towards you. And again, it's not even talking about like the guardians pitchers who had the, 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 uh, the photo shoot together where their sleeves were different lengths. And like the one guy in the Texas, no, you can see balls. You you could see man parts and right. it's, it's something. To, and then what's going to happen now does not want to be exposed like that when he's at work. It's <laughs> not fair to the players. What's going to happen if a, a player is sweaty or a player is not wearing a cup? Like, I, I just think we're going in this bad, like really bad Avenue. And again, the guy, Michael Rubin, who's the head of fanatics is a total loser. And I just think now uh, we have to look forward. Like this is what's going to happen in the NHL next year. It's just bad quality stuff. You had two weeks. I can't believe I'm repeating bad goats, but I had no other choice because every day a new team is showing a bad pitch, uh, a, a new picture, a new photo of something else going wrong. And then you have these gigantic like advertisements and the Yankees have like the insurance thing on the sleeve. And I, I just hate everything about it. And I'm shocked. The only hasn't stepped in already. And they, and they did kind of, and said like, well, we wanted to make these for the players. They wanted to be more form fitting. They, they said the, the uniforms they used to wear were too thick and too heavy. Um, but now you're going super ultra thin, like under armor heat gear level. And it's just, you're, you're literally exposing the players. So well, terrible job. Fanatics. I, you know what people pine for the old days, word. the original just- Go ahead. Hank. Check a quick check a quick word from our sponsor, Fanatics. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, all, all we are in negotiation, but it's not going great. They keep bringing up, they keep going like, look, we want to come on as a sponsor, but could like spaghetti, maybe one week doesn't choose us as his bad goat. He either has to do that or he can't bad mouth us or he has to kill Putin. Either way we're in, we're at a stalemate. Yeah. Listen, the original Olympics were performed in the nude. Maybe this is retro. Maybe that's what we have. Base nude baseball upcoming in 2024. Um, all right. What's that? Slap shot, right? A little strip tease. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just passed the anniversary, the 47th anniversary, I think, of uh, the greatest hockey movie of all time. We have to talk some movies, but we'll do that at a later date because we've already run oh so long here today. I uh, listen. Forgive us. We were chomping at the bit. We haven't gotten to kibitz in two weeks, and uh, so we had to make up for lost time. I thought we'd get it in in 45 today. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. How long do we go, Eddie Spaghetti? Over an hour, right? Uh, a little bit. Hour eight. Okay. Yeah, we have to... T- important subjects we have to get to, though. The atrocity of True Detective. The Shane Gillis stand-up at the top of SNL on Saturday night and whether or not it was good or was bombing as he claimed himself. We have a lot to talk about is the point. We're coming down the wire of the NHL and NBA regular seasons. Like I said at the very top, March Madness. We're going to be literally filling out our brackets three weeks from right now. It's exciting. See? No football. It's sad. But it's always on the back burner. We're always talking about it anyway. So hang out with us. We appreciate it. Very quickly, a couple of shout outs to some pals. To uh, to our mutual pal, Adam Carolla, 15 years of podcasting. I think that makes him the trailblazer in the uh, in the medium. The podfather, for sure. Yeah, I jumped in with him last week and uh, got into an argument with Mike Dawson, um, the guy who once told Jimmy Kimmel that he knows how to make the perfect calzone. And he suggested using, what kind of cheese did he, pepper jack or something like that? And Kimmel, the pizza, <laughs> arguing with Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel's brick oven pizza that he had installed at his home about how he knows how to make a better calzone than Kimmel does was one of the greatest arguments I've ever uh, witnessed. And years later, I found myself arguing with the same Mike Dawson about why most cheese comes squared versus circular. Anyway, go back and listen to that. Shout out also to my guy, Rob Michael. He now stands as the king of AbbVie Labs. Uh, proud of him. Guy went to college with way back when and still love to catch up with to this very day. So muzzle tough to him. And you know what? Shout out to everybody at the Extra Points Network. Sticking with it and uh, into a new week here. After a week off, we're looking forward to buzzing about all that goes down in the world of sports this springtime. Make sure you're checking out all the great shows there. We'll be back on Wednesday with Sarah Tiana and special guest Joe Bartnick as we continue to try to make Tiana a hockey fan. Be on the lookout for that on Extra Points. And then we'll be back on Minus 3 on Thursday. Like I say, check out all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. But for now, for Kevin Hench and Eddie Spaghetti, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.